0: will your robes be white, pure and white in the blood of the lamb? Will your soul be ready for the mansion bright? Are you washed in the blood of the lamb? Are you washed in the blood in the soul? Are they white as snow Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb There is power, power power, Wonder-working power In the blood of the Lamb There is power, power Sin-destroying power In the precious blood of the Lamb Soul cleansing blood of the Lamb. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of Lamb? Are you washed in the blood of?
1: Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. We must be washed in the blood of the Lamb. If we are not washed in the blood of the Lamb, we are in very serious trouble. This is not something that is easily and quickly discovered, although it can happen in a moment. The problem is the heart. I want to read for you a brief piece, a a piece of poetry from an unknown writer. It's entitled, Not I, But Christ. So often, so often, dear Master, I think I'm working for Thee. When down in my heart's deepest chamber, the Thee is lost in me. The cross that I thought I was carrying through love for my Savior, I see, had self-exaltation beneath it, the me overlaying the thee. But well do I know, blessed Jesus, when once thou art enthroned in my heart the source of my strength and the center from which every current doth start, the me will be lost in the fullness of, of life that flows only from thee, will fill me, and I shall be hidden, that thee will surplant all of the me. O gladly, dear Lord, I surrender my heart, my will, my being to thee. Not one cherished treasure reserving, the giving is utter and free. O take me, and mold me, and shape me, write thee in place of the me. Such oneness with Christ will be heaven, when me is all merged into thee. This process, this washing in the blood of Jesus, this heart purity that is being called for, it only happens when we begin to awake from the slumber of this culture and the entanglements of this culture, and we begin to earnestly seek holiness. Or heart purity. It will take days, weeks, even years to prepare for eternity. Have you made up your own gospel that is no gospel at all? Have you listened to others as they have preached a gospel that allows you to continue walking in your sin and makes excuses for that and says that holiness and purity, you're covered with that by declared righteousness. That's a made-up gospel. It's not a gospel at all. The scriptures say in Hebrews, the 14th chapter, let me read it for you. No, let me go back to Hebrews, the 12th chapter, verse 14, you must pursue peace with all men and the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Well, that word holiness, hagios in the Greek, is literally talking about heart purity it is a state of continual sanctification or continually being set apart for God, for Jesus. It is a life of purity and detachment from the world and all of the lusts, all of the entertainment, all of the darkness of the world, it is, it is set apart for Jesus I have many times, yea, even on this broadcast, been rebuked by listeners and by friends who say, Ray, why don't you just rest in Jesus and don't worry about whether you're holy or whether your heart is pure. God loves you just the way you are and And just rest in him and trust that you're saved and you're loved and God has unconditional love for you. A young man who comes out of Hinduism, who is now a committed Christian, called me this morning just before the broadcast. He had a praise report of what's happening to him in his job and in his life. And he said to me, Pastor, you told me that if I was going to be saved, I was going to have to have a pure heart. Well, he said, that's not been easy because it's meant I've had to give up everything. I don't go to the clubs anymore. I don't smoke the hookah. I don't go to the strip mall, the strip uh, tease places, the I don't get the erotic massages anymore. He said, I decided I was going to follow Jesus. Well, I said to him, now the work is going to turn inward. And now Jesus wants to wash you on the inside. And that's going to require that you begin spending committed time each day reading the scriptures praying. You've cut off the outward sin, but now he's going to begin a total renovation of your heart. He's already begun that in this man by causing him to spend many hours in the prayer closet. But now he's going to need to go the next step and begin to really allow the Lord to do the inner cleansing necessary. He knows the precious sweetness of Jesus' blessing in his life. I'm wondering, has the fire of God been kindled in your heart, or are you casual about this whole walk? Has the fire of God been kindled in your heart so that you're very clear that you have sold out to Jesus And you're no longer following the way of darkness. You're no longer content with the things of this world. You're following Jesus. Now, in the book of James, and you'll not be surprised by this, the number one topic that is discussed in all of Scripture is this tiny little word, sin. The whole of the scripture is about God's remedy for sin. In the old covenant, he laid down his law as a remedy for sin. In the new covenant, he lays down something new. He lays down grace. Grace is God's way of non-legally dealing with the sin problem in our hearts. He tells us that we must choose to resist the devil, that we must choose to draw near to God, and when we resist the devil and we choose to draw near to God, God will draw near to us. Someone said to me this past week, Pastor, why is God so far away from me? Pastor, why is God so far away from me? Why does he make it so hard? Why can't I just see Jesus? Why can't I just sit down and talk with him? And I explained that Jesus wants us to grow in the spirit realm but that we can draw near to God, and we draw near to God by resisting the devil and saying no to his advances. Until you begin to cut off the things of darkness that take away your heart purity, God can't get a handle on your life. But as you begin to cut those things off by the power of Jesus, by the power of the blood, as you begin to be washed in the blood of Jesus, you begin to be washed and made pure. He says you must draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. You must cleanse your hands, you sinners. You must purify your hearts, you double-minded. He's saying, look, you have something that you must do. Salvation is a completely free gift. It comes from Jesus. Holiness is a free gift. It comes from Jesus. Heart purity is a free gift. It comes from Jesus. But you must cooperate with the Holy Spirit as he begins to work in your heart. And that's why I come asking you this question, a very serious question. Has there been kindled in your heart an earnest heart cry for purity? For holiness. Are you seeking the holiness of God with all of your time and energy? Are you seeking after Jesus? James goes on and says, you must lament and mourn and weep. See, some of you, when you hear those words, you say, why should I weep? Jesus loves me. Oh, yes, he does, but he loves you enough to let you go to hell if you're simply a religionist. No, it's going to take an earnest, hungry desire, a seeking after Jesus. And this is so foreign to everything you hear today in our culture. We're not very serious about anything in this culture except a luxurious lifestyle about our entertainment about our television shows about making money about about being an american that won't save us you cannot have a casual relationship with jesus and expect to go to heaven and so the writer Pastor James of the New Testament Church, the brother of Jesus, is he saying, let your laughter be changed to mourning and your joy to heaviness. You must be humbled before the Lord and he will exalt you. Well, what would happen if you began to humble yourself before God? What would that look like? Well, the first thing it would look like is you would stop speaking in any negative way about anybody in your life. You would stop criticizing your your husband or your wife, your friend, your enemy. You would begin to cut off judgments that you pass on other people. That's what James says. The next verse, brethren, you must not speak against one another. So the first thing that's going to happen is that you will choose to stop making critical judgments about other people. And when you stop making judgments about other people, the Holy Spirit is going to begin to speak to you about your own heart. He's going to begin to speak to you about what he wants to accomplish in creating heart purity in your spirit. Now, it, Pastor James continues. He says, verse 13, this is James, the, th- the fourth chapter, verse 13. Now listen, the one saying today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a city and we'll do business there a year and and will merchandise and make a profit, you who do not know about the thing of tomorrow for what is your life for instance it is literally your life is a vapor appearing for a little while indeed after that it's caused to disappear so pastor james is saying look Stop making critical judgments about other people and begin then in the presence of God to evaluate your own life and recognize that your life is but a vapor. You are here but for a short time. So don't fill your time with entertainment. Don't fill your time with work. Don't fill your time with all of the things of this world. Instead, get serious about asking the Holy Spirit to kindle a fire, a passion in your heart, to be made righteous, to be made pure of heart. Now, if you'll be very frank with me and very honest with me, please, if you will be very frank and very honest with me, you'll have to admit that the Holy Spirit has been calling you. And you have, in part, been resisting that call of the Holy Spirit. It's easier to just continue to worry and fret and not believe. It's easier to just go on criticizing other people in your life. It's easier to make judgments of yourself and condemn yourself. It's easier to pour out your life for somebody else and shut your life down. Or it's easier just to shut everybody out of your life and become very isolated and angry and bitter to push others away who would try to love you. Pastor James is saying, Carefully consider. You must know and feel the inner pain of your lostness before Jesus. You must ask him to, to kindle a new fire of passion for Jesus in your heart. You cannot have a passion for Jesus in your heart and continue to walk in sin and rebellion against him. That's like trying to light a fire when it's raining. Your love for darkness will quickly extinguish the fire that God begins to build in your heart. And this has happened to so many of you, even though you listen to this broadcast, you don't really want to pay the price. And so you listen on the radio, you sometimes get angry and turn it off, and then you come back and you listen again. But you don't really want to earnestly seek after heart purity and holiness and entire sanctification so that you know you can confess, I no longer walk in any sin. if I were to begin to walk in any known sin and rebellion against God, he would very quickly rebuke me through dreams, through scriptures, through other people speaking to me. He will do the same for you. The normal life of the Christian is one of Earnestly seeking after Jesus and walking in the joy of heart purity, of entire sanctification. Knowing that our heart is completely separated from the lust of this world and we are sold out for Jesus. Now, in 1 John, the third chapter. Verse 4 He says, Everyone doing the sin also continues doing the lawlessness. In fact, the sin is lawlessness. The word sin is harmatia in the Greek, it means rebellion. In the New Testament. Now, it's not missing the mark. It's not honest effort falling short. That's the classical meaning of harmatia. The scriptures give it a different meaning. Sin is literally a revolt against God, just as it was in the Garden of Eden. Sin brings death as in the Garden of Eden. Sin reigns in death. Grace reigns in righteousness. So sin in first John, the third chapter, verse four, sin is lawlessness. So sin and rebellion are the same. Neither mean missing the mark, but rebellion against God's command. The test of knowing God is whether or not we keep his commandments. Now, Sin is a continuous action. But righteousness is also a continuous action. Now, I'll read further in verse 6. Everyone who continues remaining in him does not keep on sinning. The construction of the Greek here is there is a continual remaining in Jesus or there is a continual remaining in sin. You cannot do both. Everyone sinning has not seen him, neither has he known him. But that does not mean in our culture that he cannot call himself a Christian a religionist. Verse 7, little children, you must not let anyone deceive you. The one continually doing the righteousness is righteous just as that one is righteous. Now, let me be very clear with you. The Apostle John is completely refuting the heresy of the Gnostics. This was a major movement during the New Testament church with the devil trying to undermine the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, Gnostics taught that one can be righteous apart from doing righteousness. Can I say that again? The Gnostics taught that you can be righteous or innocent while not doing righteousness. That on the other hand, the mere doing of sinful acts is no disproof of inward spirituality, and it's not incompatible with the status of a divine son. That's what the Gnostics taught. The fact of the matter is, being is to always be tested by doing. The inward spiritual nature by the outward conduct which is its product. And one man's wife called me this week and asked, Why does God? Say that I must do what is right. Doesn't he love me anyway? And I said to her, Is it okay if your husband plays around with other women? And she immediately said, No, it's not. I said, Why is it not okay if your husband plays around with other women? Because that will show me that he does not love me. He cannot be trusted. I said, so it's not enough for you that your husband simply says, I love you. You want him to stay out of bed with other women. That's right. Well, is God any different? Does he not want his children to stay out of bed with the devil? Does he not want us to be faithful and to do what is righteous? Now, please, if you want God to come close to you, Pastor James says you have to come close to God. How do you come close to God? Very specifically by stopping all judgments of other people. By no longer criticizing other people. And then by allowing the Holy Spirit to begin to get a hold of your life as you say no to things of darkness. For example, you cannot watch the television and the movies and all of the professional sports and expect God to be close to you. Now you can go through all of your spiritual rituals that you desire, but God will not come close to you. You cannot criticize your wife or your husband or your, the people you work with. You cannot condemn others and expect God to come close to you. You cannot be sexually unclean and expect that God will come close to you. He simply won't do it. You cannot spend all of your time reading novels, lies, and expect God to come close to you. He won't do it. I'm speaking out of my own personal experience. I cannot walk in lies and expect Jesus to come close to me. It's when I begin to cut off the world, the flesh, and the devil, and the Holy Spirit begins to kindle a fire in my heart, that I can begin to know that God is coming close. That fire cannot be kindled except by the presence of the Holy Spirit, and the presence of the Holy Spirit is not going to come to me if I am in love with the flesh, the world, and the devil. You can be as religious as you want to be. You can talk the talk, but you will not walk with Jesus if you are not earnestly seeking after holiness. If you are not earnestly seeking after a pure heart, you will simply not know Jesus. You will simply know your theology. You will know your your church beliefs. You will have your religious practices. But you are, before God, the same as a pagan, unsaved and utterly lost. Because there is no cutting off of the bitter spirit. There is no cutting off of the unbelief. There is no cutting off of the of the darkness there is no washing in the blood because there's no recognition of a need for that washing blood that breaks the power of sin over your heart being is always tested by doing the inward spiritual nature is always determined by the outward conduct which is its, which is its product righteousness is a state or a quality of life in Christ Jesus it is not a mere declaration apart from the being righteous the righteousness of the believer is imparted to you, it is not, how do I describe it? It is not declared. It is literally infused into your being as a gift of God's grace to you. It is not forensic. It is not a legal declaration. It gives me great sorrow and heartburn that for many years I taught that righteousness was forensic, that we were declared righteous and that we were saved even though we continue to walk in our sin. And then the Lord God of Heaven began to challenge everything I'd been taught for that's what I was taught in seminary. It's what I was taught in all of my background in education, my major in theology at the cult at the collegiate level, the seminary teaching, the denominational teaching it was always that righteousness is forensic it is a legal declaration. It is as if you had never sinned because you are covered by the blood of Jesus. And yes, you are always going to be a sinner. This is just straight, heretical, Gnostic teaching that the Apostle John rails against in 1 John, the third chapter particularly righteousness is something we continually do it is it is doing likewise sin is the doing of rebellion it is choosing so there is a continuous action that is involved in this either in sin or in righteousness And the process of moving into righteousness is cutting off the criticism of others. It is the seeking after Jesus with all of our heart. It is leaving the things of darkness, which the Holy Spirit has already spoken to you about. If you've been listening very long to this broadcast, the Holy Spirit has already been speaking to you a great deal about your sin, and calling you to walk in righteousness. And so have you earnestly sought after this holiness or heart purity? It will take days, it will take weeks, it may take you much longer. As you awaken from your death in the devil... It is a pilgrim's progress. It is a journey, but it is not a journey of continual rebellion and sin against God. That's cut off very quickly at the beginning of the walk. Some of you have been calling yourself Christian for many years, but you've continued to walk in your sin for many years. That is not the life of the normal Christian. It is not the pilgrim progress. It is not the journey toward the celestial city. Now let's be very clear. The devil instigated the fall in the Garden of Eden. And sin brought death To our first parents. Hence, outward through the stream of human generations, the sin nature, death, and separation from God are the human condition. And where sin continues, the devil's work continues. The purpose of Christ's coming was to bring an end to sin and to the work of the devil. It was to deliver us from the conditions of the fall and to restore in us the lost image of God, destroying everything of darkness and of the devil in our hearts and our lives. And so a Christian does not continue to sin because the seed of God remains in him. There is a new principle of life in the child of God. It manifests itself in the keeping of the commands of God. God reproduces after his kind. So the nature of God is born in the life of a Christian. Now let me read this to you in the Scripture. This is 1 John, the third chapter, verse 7. Little children, you must not let anybody deceive you. The one who continually is doing Righteousness is righteous just as that one is righteous. So the call of Jesus is not to accept the gift of his grace and continue to walk in your wickedness. No, the gift of God is to implant into you a new principle of life, that will radically transform you into the likeness of Jesus Christ, so that when Jesus comes, you will be like him, and you will see him as he is. Verse 8, the one continually doing the sin is out of the devil, because the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose, listen, for this purpose the Son of God was manifest so that he may destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus came to this earth to destroy the work of the devil in your life. Now, do you believe that Jesus will gladly receive you into the kingdom above if you have denied him the right to destroy the work of the devil in your life, I can tell you beyond any hesitation or any doubt, if you do not allow God to do this work in your heart, you cannot be saved. that's why i press you in this broadcast so hard with the question is there a fire kindled in your heart is there a conscience in your in your soul that is willing to look at the darkness that resides in yourself the casualness the taking for granted the gifts of God and assuming that they are yours without the walk of righteousness. The worship of money, the worship of other people, the worship of entertainment, the worship of being loved and accepted, the worship of being successful. All of these things must be laid down. I'm not saying it's easy. There will be weeping and mourning as you begin to do this because you will begin to see the darkness of your heart that has hated God. Now, most of you who are listening to this broadcast... because you are Western in your culture, have been very casual about your pursuit of God. And I'm going to say some things to you that will help you, but do not consider it legalism. You need a regular time every day for reading the Scripture, and for praying. You need a period of time set apart, at least one hour a day, where you will read the Scriptures and you will pray. And you say to me, But Pastor, my day is so full with all of my responsibilities. Well, let me ask you a question. If tomorrow you're gone, your life is but a vapor, and you die, Will anyone be concerned that you don't fulfill all of your responsibilities? No, it will be like pulling your finger out of a glass of water. The water will fill in and it will be as though your finger was not ever in that water. We place a great deal of importance upon ourselves. That has to change. And we must begin to place a great deal of importance on Jesus Christ. And you're going to have to make time for Jesus in your life and in your heart if you want to draw close to God. You need to take at least one day a week and fast all food. Not water, but all food and drink, with the exception of water. You need to take a period of time each day to be on your face before God and humbly seek Him while repenting of any known sin that you have committed in the past 12 to 24 hours. As you begin to take very specific action to seek after God, as you begin to just stay put and stop, stop moving, stop hopping, stop running the rat race, and you begin to earnestly seek God, a fire will be kindled in your heart. The word says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifest so that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil in your heart and in your life and in this world. He came to restore you to the pre-Eden condition that is before the fall. Everyone having been born out of God, this is 1 John 3, verse 9, everyone having been born out of God does not continue to sin. If you are continuing to sin, you're going to have to go to the Lord and deal to the bottom with that issue. Do not excuse yourself. Do not make any excuses for your sin. Don't plead, I can't help myself. This is just who I am. You're right. That is who you are, a sinner on the way to hell. And if you want to change that, you're going to have to throw yourself entirely on the grace of Jesus Christ and plead his mercy until he answers you and destroys that work of the devil in your heart. Overcoming sin is the work of the Holy Spirit by the blood of Jesus in your life. Most generally, we continue to sin because we love our sin. It says, Everyone having been born out of God does not continue to sin because his seed continues to remain in him. And he is not able to keep on sinning because he has been born out of God. I simply bear testimony today that I no longer love my sin when I am born out of God. But there is the outward manifestation of an intense fire kindled by the Holy Spirit to seek after Jesus in every respect, to seek after holiness and a pure heart in every part of my being. There is an earnest desire to prepare for eternity. How much longer do you have on this earth? In truth, you don't have a clue. You could die today. You could be stricken with an illness and be gone very quickly. You don't know how much time you have left. But I'm pleading with you today to use every remaining moment of your time earnestly seek after Jesus Christ to prepare for eternity there is nothing more important than to prepare for the coming of Jesus Christ and so i ask you to please set aside casual joking put aside the casual words that cover and allow you to not deal with the intensity of your own inner heart. Stop playing games with the devil and patty cake with his children and earnestly seek after Jesus. Follow him. Allow and to plead with the Holy Spirit to kindle that holy fire in your heart from which will flow joy and peace and life. How are you with Jesus today? We have just a few minutes left in this broadcast. What have you done in the last 24 hours to earnestly seek after hear? your heart purity, and your holiness in Jesus. How have you spent the last day or the last week? Are you any closer in a measurable outward way? What sins have you utterly cut off from your heart? What practices have you brought to Jesus and said, this is sin before you, will you please Remove it, Jesus. I have loved it, but it's taking me into darkness. I cut it off in the name of Jesus. Please, Lord, would you remove this from me? Have you been lazy? Have you been prayerless? Have you been casual? When are you going to prepare for heaven? If you do not prepare today for heaven, when are you going to prepare to go to meet your Maker? And if you go without preparation, you will be cast out. Do you understand? A form of religion will not save you a ritual of religion will have no impact on your eternal destiny you don't get brownie points for how many times you said the hail mary or how many times you said the the our father or that you don't get points for that you don't get points for how many times you attended church and prayer meeting or how much money you gave Have you earnestly sought after Jesus and is there a fire burning in your soul for a pure heart? Almighty God, I plead with you to prepare now a fire, kindle that fire in every heart of every listening person that we might prepare adequately for heaven. I pray in your name. Amen. I want to invite you to go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. I also ask, would you please subscribe to our YouTube page? And then would you pass these YouTubes on on Facebook or whatever social media format you have? Would you help us get the word out and call people to be righteous, to follow Jesus, to be saved? Well, we're out of time. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley. I pastor the National Prayer Chapel in Woodbridge, Virginia. You're always welcome to come. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon.
0: So um.